This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Well, hey there, and welcome to Trashy Divorces. This is Erica Kelly. What? <laughs> new voice, new voice. <laughs> Y'all have asked for the Trashy Divorces of Elizabeth Taylor. You have. You've asked, you've asked, we're delivering. We couldn't do it without our very good friend and special guest star for today's up, Erica Kelly from Southern Fried True Crime. Thank you for Thank coming. You. We are so thrilled you're here. It's so, had- it's so good to see you in person again, and, uh, and thanks for coming to Atlanta. Of course. I love Atlanta. I love you guys. I love this podcast. Could Eliz- worked out better. Elizabeth Taylor will make you do a lot of things. Oh, my God. I would do anything we're about for her. To, <laughs> so we're about to find out. So before we get to... The amazing Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Let's do a quick Patreon. Absolutely. Whoa. How much fun this week has been. Y'all, this week on Patreon, if you're not checking it out, let me tell you what's been happening. Trashy tidbits this week. Stacey, you did a follow-up on presidential yachts. Presidential yachts, man. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> Which a little Elizabeth Taylor was on a boat for a long time, too. So many she years was. she was on a boat. It's all a tie-in. <laughs> I did an update on baby Archie and Megan and Harry yep. and Frogmore Cottage and A little bit of Kate and Will, yeah. Scandal, scandalous tidbits. Our fun with Done This Week was about the opportunity of failure. That was some amazing stuff. Hope everybody on Patreon is enjoying it. If that sounds interesting to you, you can join us over there for as little as $2 a month. I want to give a big shout out to our new patrons this week. Anna, Lauren, Shelly, Sherry, Natalie, and Lenick. Thank you Y'all so much. Are awesome. Lenick is one of my patrons. What? Yay! Yes. Double yes. shout out. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Crossover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this episode is magic. So this week... Elizabeth Taylor, Diamond Girl, yep. sure do shine. Seven husbands, eight marriages, is that right? Eight weddings, seven husbands? Yes, yes. yes. eight marriages, seven husbands. Yeah, seven she, dis- she she recycled one. She, she did. Very eco-friendly. Did. Reduce, reuse, recycle, man. <laughs> uh, this raucous, rowdy woman and her love for life and her lust for everything booze yeah. and cuss words she did love her booze and cuss words. she was she was a badass like she's let's... my hero booze and I cuss love, words i know right mm-hmm. she she's also amazing. loved love i love that about her there's a reason she was married that many times married lots of times each one i think that we determined in recording that the legend of her is so much trashier than her actual relationships really really were completely that's, agree. yeah that's true so Already, let's do this. Elizabeth Taylor. Happy Diamond Mother's Girl. Day. Happy Mother's to Day to all of our listeners for whom that applies in whatever way works for you. <laughs> That's exactly it. Be a mother or something. Yeah. Mother Dragons. Yeah. Mother Yorkies. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Particularly to the Mother of Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Mother Beauty, the goddess of all Hollywood, Elizabeth Taylor. The patron saint of trashy divorces. <gasps> Pretty Love much it. true. Pretty much true. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, it's a big day. It's yeah. a big day. It is a big day. It's the biggest of days. We're it's doing it. Mother's Day. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> I, I mean, mean happy is. Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. <laughs> but Yes, everybody who, yeah. The mother of all trashy divorces. 
Elizabeth Taylor. Kind of, kind of the patron saint. Can, patron can, saint. Can we get a vote of yeah. candle with Elizabeth Taylor on it? <gasps> oh, that might. We need a vote of yes. candle with Elizabeth probably, Taylor on it. Yeah. 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 And so, Erica, I know you love, particularly Taylor and Burton. Yes. Right? yes. That's your favorite. Yeah. So, now, Erica, it's fun that your true crime is amazing. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> But what's funny is Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton is how we became friends when we met. Yeah, I know. We talked about we, it forever. I was like, you've got to do this one. It, somehow we stumbled <laughs> on it in like the first three minutes of conversation yeah, yeah. and boom, we were in like Elizabeth Taylor. You told me the idea for this podcast. I was like, you have to do Liz and Dick. So There's we no have been waiting. That. Fans yeah. have asked. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. When are you? I'm like, nope. We got to wait because we have... No, there was a the specialist guest. Yeah. There, there was a bunch, like there, we got a lot of feedback after your Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher story. Why aren't you season yeah. one? Like uh, so, yeah. Yeah. like Elizabeth is next, right? <laughs> so no, yes, she was well, but no, no, but, but no, today is the day. Today. So Stacy, you and I are doing something a little strange this week. In Weird format, format mix up. Yep, we've split up the husbands. Yes. Uh, you've got half the story. I have half the story. Mm-hmm. Let me. Go ahead. You guys want to get into it? Yeah. Excited? Okay. Apropos to nothing. Let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> okay. Astrology. Oh, my God. Just to, just to get out of the I'm way. I'm with her on this one. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, Elizabeth I'm outvoted. Taylor is a Pisces, a water sign. Just to let you know, the most compatible signs with Pisces are generally considered to be Taurus, Cancer, Scorpio, Capricorn. Out of Elizabeth Taylor's seven husbands, four out of seven fell into these good match things. She ended up with two cancers, Nikki Hilton and Mike Todd, two Leos, Michael Wilding and Eddie Fisher. And what's funny, marriage one, two, three, four went cancer, Leo, cancer, Leo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Super weird. She had a Capricorn in there, an Aquarius, that air sign, John Warner, out in left field doesn't make any sense with anything else. But four of her husbands, she actually managed to find in a good. Uh... So Aquarius is an air sign. Yeah. Okay. I used to joke about that because I'm a Scorpio and I'm water. And I always told my husband we make bubbles. Aww. So you had sweet? some astrology before. Yeah. I do. Yes. Astrology is a little sweeter than sweet. Stacy's natural disaster day. I know. <laughs> Just kill them all. Yeah. Burned alive. <laughs> so there is your rundown. I will keep that on the ready, just if y'all have questions oh, throughout. Sure. sure. So today, Elizabeth Taylor, we're here again with our specific lens of trashy divorces. So out of a life that is 79 years long, what a tale. She's we're, incredible. Oh, my God. So we're going to fangirl over her so hard for a while. However, seven husbands. Just want to give a little bit of a brief background. I was going to say, do you mm-hmm. want to open with, because Her my, yeah, my, I, I've got the first husband and just it, a little, so it picks just up a, when she's 18 years old, but she's yeah. already been famous forever at this point. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's your little post-it note of how we get to marriage number one. Elizabeth Taylor, born in England. Her parents scoot her out of the country along with themselves and her brother to get out of World War II. She's born in 1932. So by the time war is ravaging England. They're like, yep, going to head on over to California. Apparently Elizabeth is the most beautiful child that has ever, 
ever existed. She really was. Like from Did you see pictures. Yeah. I'm not sure if child, oh, but God, even as a gorgeous. My God, as Just... a young woman, like, and this is pre Photoshop days. So photographs oh, of her, like, holy shit. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Adults, kid, it doesn't matter. Everyone comments on just her stunning. So head on over to California. Mom is a semi-ish actress, but she realizes, whoa, my kid has something more amazing than I do. Mom is super controlling. Ends up going in for her first part. They need a kid who can speak with an English accent. Goes in for her first part. No credit. Not listed in the credits at all. But somebody sees her. And it's like, hey, we need that kid. She's grown up in England on a horse farm. So right. she can yeah, ride she can a ride horse. horses. She can speak with an English accent. So there you go. Maybe here comes. Years and she can kiss, right? right. Yeah. Sorry, right. So here bad. comes National Velvet <laughs> at the age of 12, which makes her America's new favorite sweetheart child actress. Mm-hmm. So she is rolling through this preteen movie actress thing. She's not yet becoming a woman. We're going to get to that in a second. Here's something that I came across that I thought was amazing. Her brother is apparently prettier than her. Yes. Right. I remember this from the book. Ex- from oh, Furious Love. They talk it. about it. Yeah. Such a good book that you recommended. Furious Love. <sighs> One of my favorite, favorite ever biographies. So good. But apparently her brother, right, is so pretty. He's even prettier than she is. And mom, controlling mom, Wants to get him down to the studio to be to screen test for a movie, and kids like nope, totally shaves his head the night that. before. <laughs> That's badass! Like hell no, mom, I'm not doing that. I want to go live the life and be an accountant. I like it. I do not want to be a Hollywood movie star. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. So he's apparently prettier. Oh, abusive relationship. Her dad is very abusive, and there was. Right after her first marriage, apparently they sort of reconciled because she's so uh, Elizabeth, so caring and yeah, like got it. Um, but I can imagine my dad, you know, I'm making more money today than he's ever seen in his lifetime. Yeah. He has no control. And you think about how if mom is that controlling over Elizabeth, how probably her attention is totally shifted oh, from yeah. husband to kid. Anyway, well, and especially back then too, the woman did not make more money. And then, could you imagine the Your child, child making more money yeah. than man? Like, yeah. that's exactly yeah. right. Your so, preteen, yeah, not it's... the greatest household. A super controlling mom, abusive father, and under the pressure of the studio. Up into good girls don't want to wait. Things happen. Sure. Lead us in, Stacy. Sure. So in 1949, Elizabeth Taylor meets Nikki Hilton, Conrad Hilton Jr. of the hotel. He's the heir to the hotel Uh chain. He's apparently a piece of shit, but (laughs) the studio is really invested in this because they are filming. Well, Elizabeth is filming Father of the Bride Mm -hmm. at the time. So the studio, which at the time, they just had such enormous power over the lives of the people in their employ. They arrange a wedding for the star of the movie to this piece of shit. Like, the guy's 23, 24. She's 18. She's already been engaged twice. And again, these were like scripted. Yeah, Yeah, the whole thing. It was just a media. It's always for publicity. Yeah, it was just a media thing. So at the ceremony itself, (laughs) 
the studio gets every actor who has ever played Elizabeth Taylor's parents and like puts them, seats them with her actual parents in the church. There are like 3,000 fans outside. There are 600 people inside. Fun fact about Nikki Hilton. His stepmother for a time was Zsa Zsa Gabor, with whom he had an affair. (laughs) What? So gross. (laughs) So gross. What would the age difference have been? Did you catch that? Uh, Well, maybe maybe not as huge as it could have. She might have married somebody much older, mm -hmm. but still. Yeah. Wow. Not sure. Yeah. Okay. Icky. (laughs) So, yeah. So the studio basically, like, marries its star off to... This guy who turns out to just be like an abusive, alcoholic, gambling addict. They head off to Europe for a three-month-long like honeymoon there. Within like two weeks, he's beating her up. Yeah. He, like just, it's just, it's a nightmare. Well, he's um, drinking and gambling, like just, he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's done. So fun Piece fact, yeah. yeah. Uh, fun <laughs> fact is that Howard Hughes is said to have offered to finance a movie studio for 18-year-old Elizabeth Taylor if she would marry him instead of Nikki Really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of creepy. Uh-huh. I so, mean, it's incredible, but it's he was Well, creepy. he tried to buy a bride. Like, the studio Basically. owned a bride to auction off, and he tried to well, purchase Howard her. Howard Hughes was always scooping up uh, young that's girls that's with... True. That's not... An unusual story, but it takes a lot of it takes a lot of sack to go after Taylor. Some yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was younger then, but still, no, yeah, that's a bold move. Yeah, it's, it's gross though. I mean, there's something gross about that. Okay, so they marry May sixth, nineteen fifty. Three thousand fans outside, six hundred guests inside. The studio paid for the whole thing. Had a thirty-five hundred dollar dress, you know, custom made for her. Because they're marketing Father of the Bride. Like, exactly. this coincided yep. with the... It's so gross. The dress is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Have you it looked at cool. pictures of that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I saw... But, I mean, it's really sad. Like, they hooked her up with this terrible mm-hmm. person who basically ended up beating the shit out of her. One bright spot, Alicia. When they were abroad, yeah. she ends up, like... Dude bros out gambling all night. She's playing Canasta with Wallace Simpson, the Duchess, <laughs> the Duchess of Windsor over, I guess, in Paris. Oh, man. Uh, man, they stayed friends for decades. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Taylor later wrote, the honeymoon in Europe lasted two weeks. I should say the marriage lasted for two weeks. Then came yours sincerely, disillusionment, rude and brutal. Mm. So, yeah, just... The drinking, the gambling, the being out all night, the beating her up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the worst of it, considering she was a pretty fond gambler and drinker herself. <laughs> I mean, that's... A- it's, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah, he was apparently not into like doing that stuff with his new wife. Well, um, that's where he missed out. Uh, agreed. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, after this three-month trip, she goes home, moves back in with her mother, and files for divorce. They were married for 205 days. Wow. Yeah, like, like six months. But, Good for but her. again, like knowing the amazing power that MGM had over her life is, it, it's troubling. The, it is. It's troubling. Okay. Can you imagine? And obviously they didn't give a shit if she divorced that quickly because I guess it's not. like, okay, the publicity for the movie's over. We've had our wedding. It's fine. Well, that right. was going <laughs> to be my question. You is, do you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, you know, the studio has that much power over you. How shitty does that marriage have to be for you oh, to I be know. like, yeah, I'm out. I'm 18 years old and I'm going to chalk up one divorce inside of a year and mm-hmm. fuck off because this guy is such a garbage can. Well, it's also possible that he bruised her face or something 
in oh, oh right. and the studio would not have approved mm-hmm. of that yeah no yeah. don't don't, don't, fuck with don't the damage the goods yeah we can do oh it. fuck yes. fuck yeah yes. okay yeah don't fuck with the merchandise that's basically the, that's... what the how the studio would have looked at that yeah yep. that makes more sense okay. yeah that so i was wondering about that too because yeah i mean they owned her they they really did own their actors body and soul i mean yeah. she's definitely not the only one okay so about nikki hilton which, again, the family is still using that name because there is a current Nikki Hilton. This is very <laughs> weird to me because this dude, he goes on to marry an Oklahoma oil heiress, but he never quit drinking. And so, like, six years in, she divorces him. Her name was Patricia McClintock. They had two sons. And then in just a few years later, Nikki is dead at the age of 42 of an alcoholism-related heart attack. Wow. So, like, he just... I didn't realize he died that young. Yeah. He never quits uh, with his <laughs> his poor life choices. So Good for him. Yeah. Just kidding. So that's that's marriage number <laughs> it's a terrible one. Thing. Marriage it's, number it's one. Terrible. Done and well, done. Well, you can see how she starts to think of him as throwaway. Like, yeah. that wasn't a real marriage. No. I wasn't in love. Right. Let me ask, do we want to do trash cans as we go along? Oh. that Let's twist it up. Let's... I think if we tried to do them all at the end, that's just too many numbers that's flying fair. around. Yeah. So, Nikki Hilton, number of trash cans. We'll ask Erica first. I forget what your numbering is. Like, do we go to five? One do to we five, go to five? Yeah. I give him a fucking five. Done. I hated that guy. Yeah. I'd do, like, five with a, a few on fire. Like, yeah. I mean, just beating your... I don't... Oh, my God. Just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Five trash cans and a punch in the nose. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Done and done. Okay. <laughs> Next. Next up. Batter right. up. I also have the second husband. This is Michael Wilding. Michael Charles Gauntlet Wilding. Fancy. Uh, a British down the actor. gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So he was a big star in England when he met Elizabeth in 1949 on the British set of the film The Conspirator. She was 16, so, you know, she still had to marry Nikki Hilton. But when she returned to England in 51 or 52 to make Ivanhoe, she went after him. Like, he was really the opposite of Nikki Hilton. He was older. He was mature. He was secure. A gentleman? Um, yes, he was a gentleman. He really, he was he was self-made in ways that, like, a hotel heir was... He was a brat, yeah. basically, yeah. Now, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Wilding had come into London's film scene in 1933 when he was 21. So he'd previously earned a living as like a sketch artist. He'd wandered around oh, wow. Europe like doing That's pretty cool. pictures. Yeah. So he decided he wanted to get into like film set design, which seemed like a, a good you know avenue for that skill. But the studio where he showed up was like, actually, we need extras. So he was an extra on a few films and kind of got the bug. So he makes a stage debut in 34 begins getting named roles in films in 35 and it was like seven or eight years of just hard work steady work like learning the craft and then he's just a star like in 43 there's a movie called dear octopus in 44 english without tears and this is the war years too when i'm sure the british public was craving you know yeah, distraction yeah. from all oh, that's all when of a lot of the great films really you know mm-hmm yeah, by the late 40s, he just had this, like, string of successful films with the actress Anna Nagel. And it looks like it was a mix of dramas and romantic comedies, but, like, I was like, oh, this is like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. That's what's yeah. happening here. Nice. Because, yeah, the two, they just kept, they just kept getting cast together, and, like, the movies just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he kind of, like, stepped away, paired with other 
you know, leads. It was just never as charming. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So his his star was sort of starting to decline then around the time that Elizabeth shows up for Ivanhoe. So anyway, they get married. Let me see if I have the date on that. I think I jumped into this story about their their house. All right, so they get married. 1952. Thank you. You're welcome. Early in the marriage, they were living, I guess they were probably always living in Beverly Hills. So one day Elizabeth notices that the house behind theirs was for sale. And, you know, it's all like walled compounds over there. So, you know, she's 22, 21, 22. She's like, hey, I want to go look at that house. So they climb the wall and like (laughs) trespass onto the property. Perfect. Find an open window, climb in. And just, like, check it out. And it, like, turns into their hideout. Like, it's a clubhouse for Elizabeth Taylor and her much older husband, who I think is probably just humoring what the fuck do? out just of like, her. What do they do? Just, like, bring yeah, over probably. liquor and cards? Yeah. They stock, they stock the fridge with beer. The realtor will <laughs> show that's up. that's romantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The realtor will show up with, all. like, prospective buyers. Apparently, they're always pulling the for sale sign out of the yard so that nobody will notice. That's that hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, they eventually got a uh, loan from MGM and purchased it. So this thing hit the market in 2018, and I found a curbed story. It was listed for $15.9 million. Whoa. Had, had not been sold in 21 years. So this is what it said. It turned out that uh, Westlake Village architect George McLean had Taylor in mind when designing the lavishly appointed estate. The house. Thank you, Ruby. The house is being sold with an adjacent lot and sits on more than two acres of land off Beverly Estates Drive, just above the Beverly Hills border. 7,761 square feet of living space. Good Lord. Six bedrooms, seven bathrooms with walls of glass, plenty of access points to outdoor courtyards and patios. The grounds are dotted with vegetation, sculptures, and fountains, along with a swimming pool and a spa. The, The pool deck offers impressive views of the surrounding hills and city below. And I'll link to that because, God, the pictures are... Wow. Yeah, yeah, staggering. So not everyone in Elizabeth Taylor's orbit supported her engagement to Michael Wilding. So here we introduce... We have some objections, some some conscientious objectors. Yes. (laughs) So this personality is new to me, but I think not to you. This is Hedda Hopper, the (sighs) extremely powerful gossip columnist, Mm -hmm. was fully against it. And went so far as to, like, hint in her column, and again, this is the early 50s, that Michael Wilding and another actor named Stuart Granger were lovers. Oh, yeah. That's all they had to do back then, really. (sighs) Yeah. Wilding sued for libel. He won $3 million. What? You can't throw that around in Uh -uh. the 50s. No. No, no. And Hedda Hopper would go on to distinguish herself not in a good way during the Red Scare by naming suspected communists. Because she was a bullying piece of shit. No, she's yeah. kind of a jerk. Yeah, she's kind well, of. Well, that's we're gonna. She comes back up in one of my stories, but she was the one who originally super promoted Elizabeth and was a hundred percent on her side when she was very young. Okay, look at this. She star. probably felt possessive of her. Though. Yeah, yeah. And so Hedda Everybody Hopper felt did. that it was certainly her business to involve. Yeah. herself in Elizabeth's business through the rest of her life. I gotta wonder in a way if she didn't actually truly mean it. Like, she didn't like the guy. She didn't think he was right. Like, if she felt that strongly about Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, I'm trying, I'm really trying to watch out for you here. Yeah. Yeah. Because they wound up not being a good match, obviously, so. But also, calling out your friends to sell out communist. Like. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like. Hill. Yeah, she seemed to feel pretty possessive over everyone's life in Holly. Like, that's true. Uh, I was 
it's a weird story. I mean, and and making up things is just not not cool. <laughs> Fake news. All right, so Michael's career in England had already begun to decline, and of course hers was just ascending. So the February 1952 wedding, I did have the date, um, <laughs> to Elizabeth, it really seemed like it was going to open doors in America, in Hollywood for him, because, you know, huge star in England, but they hadn't really crossed the pond. Right. So in May, MGM signs him and offers him a role in the film Latin Lovers. He would be playing a romantic rival of the lead seeking Lana Turner's affections. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and he, he turns it down because he doesn't feel like it's a meaty enough role for, a, a, really? for an actor of his caliber and stature. Turns down the first studio role offered to him. Right. Wow. And the studios, okay. that is not how the studios play. So no. they suspend him without pay. <gasps> There's this whole like suspension process that, I mean, I think yeah. he knew that's what would happen, but like just bold and ultimately a very bad gamble. Like he ends up making some movies, Torch Song in 53 with Joan Crawford. He got loaned out to 20th Century Fox uh, in 54 for The Egyptian, which, like, was a flop. In 55, Elizabeth goes to Texas to film Giant with no. Rock Hudson, a lifelong friend, James, James Dean, Dean, who ended up dying before the production ended in a car accident. Tragic. Um, yeah, this, I mean, I assume that this experience was searing for Elizabeth yes. Taylor. More, you know, more bad news. So the confidential the gossip magazine kind of the original hollywood gossip rag i think one of them is that true okay well i mean there was screen time there's photo play yeah, i mean there was, was a, a, bunch, a but... thousand of them but confidential was the first one really to go in to spill in the tea and right. the dirt because okay. they if they had a verifiable source what other news outlets would never dare print just because it wasn't well, they it was too much. Nothing was ever too much for Confidential. Yeah, they spilled some tea about Michael Wilding. So, according to Confidential, he started spending time at the appropriately named Strip City. <laughs> what do you think happened there? They um, cook a lot of steaks. <laughs> What's up? They cook a lot of steaks. <laughs> Prime Rib Village. No, oh um, it's bad. Strip City with uh, Elizabeth out of town ends up bringing some of the dancers home and uh, has an affair. The studio, shockingly, was not really happy to have this story out in the world because they, I mean, again, they have a product that is world's sexiest woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you like, don't want her cheated on. No. If she yeah. can't keep her man happy, who in the hell has any hope of keeping their, like, yeah. they, they were incensed. She was much more sanguine about it, but they divorced the next year. Yeah. They did have two sons, and she went on to say of Michael Wilding, he was one of the nicest people I'd ever known, but I'm afraid I gave him rather a rough time, sort of henpecked him and probably wasn't mature enough for him, and a 20-year age difference would do that. So. Well, that's you gotta like that she takes responsibility for it, too. Though. Yeah, like, yeah. I appreciate that honesty. She is, like, she is so generous yeah. to yeah. her exes consistently and she's she's genuine she's a genuine mm -hmm. person yeah despite everything yeah. and i think with elizabeth she always just i mean she's living right there and there is part of her like i'm not condoning abuse at all <laughs> nikki hilton abused her yeah but on the opposite side of that there's something very much in elizabeth's makeup that likes that caveman sort of thing mm -hmm. which i don't think michael wilding was no. at well, all. that's is that's right. getting to this like 
she dared him. Like they're doing a crossword one day and she's being whatever she's being. And she's like, hit me, slap me, like get mad at me. And that he's a proper British gentleman, also a Leo, Mm -hmm. like tender and regal and royal. And I don't need to know. That's not the way I roll. Yeah. So I don't think he was. I don't know, quite masculine right, he or wasn't, strong arming. He wasn't butch enough for her. <laughs> he wasn't butch enough for I mean, for her. that's fair. It, it seems fair. I mean, I, I think, though, that they did go on to have, like, I think they remained friends. Obviously, they're yeah. co-parents. Yeah. Yeah, I think they remained, you know, warm for he the rest of butch his life. But guess who was? <laughs> who? Mike Todd. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, sorry. Let's do trash cans for Michael. Oh, sure. Sorry. sure. Not, not. I don't know. I mean, two like, and a half. Strip City sucks, but yeah. yeah. That's but that's mean. what you, yeah, yeah. That's milder. It sounds like she really was not looking for like a hot, sexy marriage. She was looking for a stability. Like, yeah, for like a. Well, she was. She was never alone. Yeah. She went from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage until right. she landed in her fifties. Until she spent seems about like right. a decade as a single person by herself. So when you relationship hop and never get to know yourself, and yeah. you're only knowing yourself, that's exactly through, right the eyes of other people, you have to be in a relationship because you don't have that mm-hmm. worth on your own. Right. So, and he sad. was the opposite of Nikki. I mean, yeah. Oh, very he much. Definitely so. didn't have that many trash cans. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Two, two and a half. That seems fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he went on to live, I, I think he passed away in 1979, but he had epilepsy and fell oh, and oh. got a head injury, which ultimately killed him. Well, that's um, sad. That's yeah. But I mean, you know, again, like, not but Nikki Hilton is tough to <laughs> you're gonna trash can your life <laughs> tough to top that so he didn't no I I mean I I kind of know where the story is going but that might be the highest ranked Nikki Hilton's just a scumbag oh I, yeah, okay. yeah, so, yeah so who is butch enough for old Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> tell us tell Mike us. Todd now this is the eight marriages seven husbands once a widow Mm-hmm. This is sad. Uh, you guys, uh, y'all may remember us telling a little bit about Mike Todd in the Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. Eddie Fisher, Trashy Divorces back from season one. I think that's like episode three, if you want to go check that out. Something like that, yeah. Mike Todd, gosh, he's older, twice her age. 40, late 40s. She's yeah. 24. He's in his late 40s. But he is a superstar. He has invented this particular way of filming that takes multiple cameras but he is a big deal he's got plenty of money plenty of talent he is vital af let's go ahead and man's man that's everything you hear he -hmm. is he's a man's Mm -hmm. man and elizabeth i think looks at him after being dominated by the studio system Mm -hmm. hey you know what this guy can break me out of here this is what to me is amazing their humor matches each other like elizabeth is kind of body so is mike todd like she's kind of raunchy she's always out for a good time that's one of my favorite things about her it, she's so real yeah right 100 they fight a lot but they're turned on a lot by their fighting like they love that uh give and take they are shirley mclean says they were an ideal pair they were equal in force of nature so Mike Todd, married to the most beautiful, he's not threatened by mm-hmm. her salty independence. He's like, Psh, do what you want. He's kind of proud of her. He likes when she goes on a little yeah. sassy. Yeah. And 
she's not on the opposite end holding him up for anything. Yeah. He is an extrovert. He's a star in his own right. They're a very, she doesn't have to baby him. Yeah. They're very much on equal footing. Yeah. He seemed like just utterly confident, Mm -hmm. but also utterly competent. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think that was really important mm -hmm, to her. yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no competition in this. They, she can relax with him. He also really loves her. Yeah. And uh, it was a love match for sure. No, he says, I wanted to grow up and marry Elizabeth Taylor. And I did. Oh, like, no, gonna, right? I know. Uh, they elope February in Acapulco. Now, Elizabeth is recovering from a surgery. So she is in a metal break. Like, it's scandal. Yeah. He's twice your age. And she's like, I am in a metal brace at 24. Just the back surgery? Mm-hmm. Okay. Super, she has super broken. adult lives at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's true. And he's hopping around like a 13-year-old. Yeah. Like, it, age is irrelevant. And, like, it was such an mm-hmm. irony that she is so young and broken. And he is older and just in the prime of it. Let's see. They head to Acapulco. They get married. This is a sweet story. They have a quiet ceremony. It's very simple. And they're at the party that night. And Mike Todd has arranged. They're sitting there having a drink. Fireworks light up Aww. the sky. M loves E. Aww. E loves M. You no. You make me cry. No, no, no. <laughs> then, Elizabeth, you should hear Elizabeth Taylor talk. I'm getting chills. And she's like, and then the mountain comes alive. And there are dancers oh all gosh. over the mountain in like a staged production and they're doing a native fertility dance i know they marry they travel all over the world promoting his film around the world Mm -hmm. in 80 days and as they're promoting it's always like first class but they really do take time off and you watch these home videos they're riding on donkeys he's posing her next to statues you know on the appian way like at the acrop like you're a goddess. Here you are next to these goddesses. <laughs> right. That's great. Remarkably enough, she comes home pregnant. So that's exciting. So they are going to have one child, Liza Todd. I'm sorry. I'm going to gush about Mike Todd here for a minute. Cause I, I know you and I, Erica yeah. disagree on this. I think that I think Mike Todd was her true love. I think she and Burton got a chance to run their course. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you can have more than one true love. I, I agreed. And I think they I have a lot of the same qualities. God, so. so. So let me tell you some yeah. just charming as charming AF things about Mike Todd and the way Elizabeth speaks about him. So they're traveling around the world for around the world in 80 days. And Mike only speaks English. She says, but no matter where we went, he could always make himself understood. And he continually fascinated her, his curiosity and interest in things and people. They'd arrive in some foreign country, and within five minutes, no English, <laughs> he'd come back. He knows the population, the industry that's getting stuff by, the best restaurants to go to, what the political trend is, who won in the last election, is the public satisfied. Like She just found it utterly remarkable, his connection with the world. They're both extroverts, and he very much likes the spotlight, too. They're both working for it. He's buying her a lot of jewels and paintings. She likes to shop. That's her thing. And he really likes putting her in for that. Sure. As they're coming back from this trip, they're being interviewed by a reporter talking about, hey, you guys, you know, fight a lot. Tell me about that. And because they're all... 
private private and public, but they don't hide it. But they she love it. Ne- she's never good at that. Like No, but they love the spat and the teasing yeah. and the interplay. That's part of their foreplay. So apparently there's a champagne bottle incident and you should just hear Elizabeth Taylor go off. The person that wrote this story had a hopper <laughs> is a frustrated old biddy who takes her frustrations out on her typewriter. If you believe it, then I even feel more sorry for you. I wish everybody could be as unhappily married as we are. There'd be no wars and no problems in the world. Wow. Like she just, they, okay. They just love each other. The same reporter later asked her the stupidest question. Um, So Elizabeth, uh, you once said that uh, you have a mind of a child in 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 a woman's body. Do you feel like, you know, you've grown up since then. And she's like, I was 15 when I said that. <laughs> so let's hope I've grown up because I sure would be a dumbass if I. God, like, I you can just imagine this reporter, like, I got to find a question that nobody's ever asked her. Ends up just being misogyny AF and she takes him down. Yeah. Like, and she actually says the, like, she's like, I'd be retarded if I was. Yeah. Like, so I'm not condoning the use of the word retarded. Well, yeah, different but time, back then but it was different. Yeah. She just smacks him down and you should see Mike Todd in the middle of this interplay between <laughs> them. And, you know, Mike Todd just kind of looks over and looks at their partner like, she can hold her own. Yeah. She got you. To step in. Yeah. And they just chomp off together. It's amazing. Okay. Another really fun story. Like Mike is larger than life. Yeah. yeah. Larger than life. They still are on this tour. They're meeting royalty. They're always giving a party for every screening. Here's a little charming story. They're in Paris. And one of Mike's acquaintances' friends has just opened a small Chinese restaurant. It holds 36 people. Hey, buddy, buddy, I'm going to throw my after party at your... Okay, Mike, that's cool. But it really only holds yeah. 36 people. No, not a problem. I'll just invite 36. 110 people show up. <laughs> the manager of the Chinese restaurant quits on the spot. Oh. He's like, fuck no. And the <laughs> restaurant owner is like, dude, please just go to the back. Water down the wonton soup and cook every noodle we have. Yeah. Like, And Mike Todd is kind of pissed. Like, where's the food for all my people? Yeah. He ends up like, I'll be back. Heading down the block, going into an Italian restaurant and picking up 50 pizzas. Bringing them back to the Chinese restaurant. Everybody gets fed. They in no way have enough liquor for all of these people. So the restaurant manager hustles up a nightclub up the street. Gets every case of champagne that he has. Brings it in. Party. Good time had by all. End of the night. 3 a.m. Restaurant owner goes up to Mike Todd with the bill. (laughs) Oh my. Yeah, right. Like, hey man, you know. It's not going to be good. Like $700 bill, which I guess for, you know, mid 50s, like late 50s, that's a significant amount. Yeah, it is. And uh, Mike's like, oh man, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Just bring it to the hotel at noon tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And Elizabeth goes to kiss the restaurant owner and whispers in his ear, hey, get your money now. We leave the hotel at 8 a.m. So the restaurant owner's like, hey, uh, Mike, you know, we're we're not diner's club. We can't really float you here. Like, if you could go ahead and pay up. And Mike Todd, I can't believe you're 
questioning me <laughs> and thinking that I really don't like my integrity question. Anyway, he pays the sure he pays, pays the guy and, and off he goes. I love her for doing that. I do too. Yeah, I was so yeah. Because the restaurant guy wasn't his fault. He brought more people. That's all. Yeah, no, but that. like yeah, get your money now. We leave at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Like she's just she's cheeky, and I love she's her. Also super genuine like she, she didn't want to cheat the guy like yeah i love that yeah so they have they're no holds barred they have a ton of fun fighting and loving there's just one picture of them that elizabeth taylor says old italian gestures are better than language <laughs> like they really they are just they are two people who are she looks at him she just it looks at him with adoration yeah like i think they really were a very true love match. Mm-hmm. They have their daughter. So things are really going great. Mike Todd is in love with his wife. He does win an Oscar for Around the World in 80 Days. And he's interviewed. I'm going to cry again. I got the two biggest prizes you can get. Liz Taylor and an Oscar. Like this is yeah. like he is a man fulfilled. Liza, when she's born, their daughter has respiratory problems. So she's in an incubator and something just naturally with the machine makes her lift her arm up. But it's like he's watching her and he's like, she waved at me. This is the smartest, most intelligent child that has ever lived. (laughs) My baby's a genius. Now when he, the, the Liz, his plane goes down in March on the way over. I'm going to not mess up the year on this. 1958. On the way over, he's going to win an award for the Friars Club, maybe, in New York. But his, uh, everybody on the plane is done. Elizabeth was supposed to be on the plane and caught cold and was not. She had just started filming Cat on a Hot Tin Roof a few weeks ago. But to me, what a love match. Mike Todd left the world as a man com- no, I'm gonna, like, completely fulfilled. The wife of his dreams, the... Career of his dreams, the most brilliant oh. child that has ever existed <laughs> Genius yeah. baby. on the face of the earth. Like this guy, yeah. you're going to go out, yeah, go okay. out riding high and on top. Like it's tragic, but his death is tragic. Elizabeth is distraught. Yeah. She cannot get out of bed for weeks. There's a round the clock suicide watch. Right. And that her friends are holding. They were married like two years, right? Like it was it 13 was, months. It was very quick. Like yeah, that's married baby mm-hmm. like it it's so yeah yeah terrible. no they married february of 58 and he died or february 57 and he died in march of 58 Aww. jesus Christ. one year well like what imagine a life in one year though. it is the, all the yeah. life and all the love and all the things in just that period of time <sighs> yeah I, it's tough i i'm not i'm sorry i'm exempting mike todd from trash bags. i was just gonna say zero for me Cool. Like he's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think he truly loved her. He truly, truly loved, loved her. Him. And they she... treated each other wonderfully. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I just, no trash cans. Mike Todd, I love you. <laughs> but Elizabeth now, right, is in the spotlight of the world as a grief. The world's heart is oh, breaking yeah. Yeah. for Elizabeth Taylor. Like young and beautiful and new daughter and, the love of your life. Like, look, she'd had two other crap marriages. Now the public's like, wow, they're, they're giving, like, this is the, this is the one that's going to stick. 
tragedy. She's clinging to Mike's memory. And as you know, we're going to talk about it again. Be careful of the couple friends that you have. Because <laughs> old Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, who perhaps had a studio marriage themselves, yeah. nobody, I think, bothered to tell Debbie until she figured that out on the back end. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, who is best friends with Mike Todd, eats like him, dresses like him, talks like him, wants to grow up and be Mike Todd. Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds' son, Todd, is named after Mike Todd. Like, this guy's everything. And Eddie Fisher steps in to play the world's most dangerous thing to do, which is wiping a widow's tears. Yeah. They are both missing him. They are both mournful. It is keeping Mike's memory alive, which is how I think husband number four happens. Oh, um, it's so scandalous. Yeah, this was. You know, Eddie's marriage to Debbie is just as much of a sham as Elizabeth was with Nikki. But Debbie really is playing this out. So I guess let's, ah, I don't know. Elizabeth's not hiding that there's an affair going on. So she has gone from world sympathy to mm-hmm. uh, I don't record home record yeah. home record yeah. condemned mm-hmm. by the Vatican like she's Anne fucking Boleyn. Was it that when she was condemned? She, I, I know, thought that was I know with Burton. In Rome. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, it was Burton. Was... Like, I it's all I mean, bad. <laughs> she gets condemned yeah, a couple times. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean she's annihilated in the press, and apparently, uh, Eddie Fisher's great in bed, so. Yeah, she's been with older men who, like, so he's young and lusty and rowdy. And Eddie Fisher says Elizabeth was the love of his life. Like, she was the source. She was everything. Mm -hmm. Like, she wrecked him, and that's probably good because he wrecked Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Can can I share a a Carrie Fisher quote about this? Oh, please. I love her. His his daughter, obviously. Um, She said that uh, upon Mike Todd's death, her father rushed to be by uh, Elizabeth Taylor's side and gradually moved to her front. front. (laughs) (laughs) She's hilarious. I watched a lot of Carrie, like Carrie Fisher. I hate to interrupt, but have you ever seen her stand-up special? I think it was on HBO. Mm-hmm. She actually does the graph chart oh, so of, good. Like, of their families. Yeah. Of how, I don't like, think so. Six degrees of how she's drinking. with Liz Taylor. Okay, we're gonna... And she's so cool about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, years later, Elizabeth and, uh, oh my God, why do I always lose her name? Uh, Debbie. They made up. They made right, friends. They right. forgave each other. Everything mm-hmm. was fine. So, I mean, I always thought that was really cool. Well, they never really unloved each other. Like, so... Elizabeth does not stay friends with Eddie in the breakup. Uh, yeah, he's but, the one. Yeah, yeah. They didn't talk for 40 years. They Jeez. did reconcile. I'm getting ahead of the story, but Eddie and Liz reconciled a few years before his death. But Carrie Fisher called Elizabeth when Eddie died and Elizabeth cries. Yeah. Like she has a genuine sense of family. She loved a good time. She made egg hunts for all the kids. Like they didn't speak for 40 years, but. They figured it out at the end. He still meant something to her. I mean, she was that kind of person. He kept Mike alive. Like, they're mm-hmm. both absolutely grieving and, I guess, have hot, rowdy sex. Here's the deal, though. They, I, I don't it's just sad. Like, she hooks him. They marry at 27. She converts to Judaism. She's eclipsing Marilyn Monroe at the box office. So, she is playing all of this publicity, good and bad, to her advantage. 
here's how we're going to get to next one. We're going to wrap this, but this is, this is amazing. <laughs> She's in the shower one day and the studio calls and they really want her to do Cleopatra. And Eddie's like, Liz, come on. Like and Elizabeth Taylor's like, you know what? I'm going to just give them something they're never going to say yes to. So they quit bugging me. Right. I want a million dollars and 10% of the absolute gross. Whoa. Eddie That's Fisher comes back. Time. He's like, you got it. Whoa. Like, like she made up a number that was so ridiculous. That, that's yeah. Like I, I have, as you know, I've occasionally quoted exorbitant prices to clients I don't want to work with. Yeah. <laughs> Which usually works, but yeah. Yeah. Rare, you know, I mean, if they come back with like a, yeah, we need this. Then a million okay, bucks and 10% of the absolute gross. Uh, God, okay. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and also $50,000 for every week it went over her schedule. Wow. Did you yeah. catch that one? Yeah. Yeah. And it went way over schedule. <laughs> well, so that let's, is, I mean, no, they all head about, over. Talk about a savvy businesswoman yes. on top of everything else. I taught her a few things. So they all head over to England, which is naturally where you want to film Cleopatra <laughs> in the winter. Haven't they? In England. Didn't they steal all these artifacts from from Egypt? And they're still there. Well, I think they built is, a bunch of fake sets, right? And then they moved them. Yeah. I didn't mean the product. I meant oh, didn't, yeah. didn't England right. steal a bunch of shit from <laughs> Egypt and put it in its own museums? It like, yeah, I think they oh, did God, that God. already anyway. They yeah. build a whole studio lot out at Pinewood, and it's raining. Like, you're never going to substitute sunny summertime Egypt. No. And it like, come on. And so it's bad. The weather's crap. And Elizabeth is getting sicker and sicker. She's being carried into the set. It's super bad. She ends up getting really sick, gets pneumonia, collapses. She's in a coma. She's near death. What? There actually was a press release. This is funny to hear her talk about it later, that it was published that she did die. And she's yeah. like, they were the best reviews I ever got. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, she has such a good sense of humor. Awful. So she, she's amazing. So pneumonia, this leads her into the hospital where they have to do an emergency tracheotomy. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So she has a scar. She's going to live with the scar on the, her life, the on her neck the rest of her life. This scar, oh gosh, ends up winning her. So I'm loved. I'm now the world's saddest widow. Now I'm the world's most hated mistress. Now I'm married to this dude. And I've been through a tragedy and barely escaped with my life. This is the time she gets the Oscar. Yeah, for she rolls back around. For crap. Like, what did Shirley MacLaine say? She said she lost the Oscar that year to a tracheotomy. Oh I forget what movie she was in that year. Something probably that groundbreaking. Oh, and I'm awesome. sure. Yeah. yeah. Didn't uh, I love how Shirley MacLaine's not like shy about saying I earned that. Yeah, right. This is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, didn't Taylor hate Taylor thought it was a piece of shit too? Yeah, she hated it was Butterfly. A bad movie. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I remember in the book it says later on she was more affectionate towards it years later. But she hated the filming of it. Like, the experience of the filming of it left a bitter mm, taste. Okay. Yeah. So that's why the Oscar wasn't that big a deal to her. Right. So. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, she's been in this industry since she was literally a child. Uh-huh. Finally gets the top honor. And it's like, yeah, I yeah, really didn't enjoy this hated. movie at all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Butterfield <laughs> 8 put her in a role where she was. I, I broke my back in National Velvet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, shit. no Oscar yeah, for She that. was playing a prostitute. So she thought the studio was really taking advantage of, hey, like, yeah. this is my right current now. instance in life, and you're going to put me in a role where I'm a, like, not cool. So, yeah. slut shamey. Yeah. Eventually, Elizabeth is on the road to recovery. They finally get smart. Like, it's production is just, like, they've already spent like 30 million or something crazy. And they decide to replace the director and some of the cast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> They head on over to Rome, which is where they should have been filming all along. Yep. Nin comes the new director, and in walks Welshman oh. Richard Burton. My man. So I love him. I'm we're sorry. gonna we're gonna get there. <laughs> well, I guess we'll we'll wrap up Eddie when they're done. So here comes Richard Burton. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, you know what? Let's. I don't want to ever have to talk about Eddie Fisher again. So, kind of a trashy. Like, no, she's gonna. At the end of the day, Burton is divorcing his wife and Taylor's divorcing Fisher and they're destined on a course yeah, of love. Yeah, they collision course. So I don't know how trashy the divorce was per se. I guess, I think he Eddie Fisher got what He trash cans because he, of Debbie. Yeah. More than Liz. That's really. it. Like, that was trashy. So how I, many did you give him in the other episode? Uh, I think we ended up giving Debbie halos. We gave Debbie halos. <laughs> you did, we, I remember that now. I think we, I don't know if we actually gave trash cans or just gave because debbie was so yeah she's amazing mm-hmm. like i don't like i mean their divorce i mean they weren't there well, were, my, weren't there photographs though of 
Burton and Taylor on a yacht in the yes. Mediterranean. Um, oh yeah, they, they invented the paparazzi. That's yeah. Bro- that's how the scandal broke. But right, but like the the divorce was not final. No, no. There was all no, no, sorts no, no, no. of weird language coming out of the Vatican describing what sort of terrible, like the State Department <laughs> threatened to not let her back into the United States. Like it was a huge, <laughs> huge thing. Well, she God. definitely is. She's head over heels for Burton. Oh, sure. Fisher at the end of their marriage is pretty much just like a dog poop scooper. Yeah. He's picking up after dogs and watching kids. Yeah. Fisher did adopt No, it's like Liza he, he, Todd. Was, he just seems like he was kind of a small man who got smaller over time. Like, that's, it's very, that's a yeah. really good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, Eddie Fisher, it's a very strange story with him. Like I don't know. Is the trash can rating, is this the first time karma wipes it out? You got from her what you did to Debbie. I mean, you know, that's kind of It's fair. kind of a karmic retribution. Yeah, yeah. Sucks when it happens to you. All right. I'm going to call it a karma wash. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We can, we can call that one a wash. We, it's our podcast. We can make <laughs> Making up damn rules. All right. So Richard Burton. This is the longest love of her life. Married two times. The first time around one. It's about 11 years. Round two another two they were married a total of 14 years in a barbara walters interview later in life elizabeth says they would have been married again by the time it was all over their highs were too high everything was too much we loved each other too much it was so intense almost abnormal but great like she even talked about uh he charmed dogs cats men women her too and she Sees something in Richard that reminds her of Mike Todd. She says they were both geniuses. And he was magnetic. It was just like you're talking Utterly. about. Like, yeah. everybody was drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was ugly. He was very self-conscious. He had really? uh, cystic acne mm-hmm. and bad scars from it. And so he was actually a really self-conscious man. And she just made him be like, fuck it. That's not what I see. You're beautiful. I love you. You know mm-hmm. I mean? She made him feel good about himself in a way that he had always been too self-conscious. That's I think that's one of the things well, I love about her. Yeah, yeah. She did that with so many people. You hear she about lifted her. lifted everybody up. Yeah, yeah. Connecting with James Dean on the set of Giant, where he just is kind of seeing through her. And he talks about, like, the bad childhood he had. Like, she finds a way. Like, she defended Michael Jackson to the end of her life because his father. Before that documentary came nah, out. I know. I know. Um, but, like, he, Michael Jackson, had an abusive father. Like, she would find, she meets Richard Burton on set of Cleopatra. He comes in hung the fuck over. And she helps him with coffee to his lips. And that she, that mothering and caring. Like, think about for a kid who probably didn't get a lot of that. You need no, to be here he was at one this of time. Children. No, for her. Oh, no, You need yeah. to be here yeah. at this time. Yeah. You need to be here for makeup. Your mom controls you. Just to have that warmth and nurture. She got to be the nurturer. Wasn't there brandy in that coffee? Probably. I think that like she Probably. slipped him brandy because oh, that's why. He and that a... is like the, the the thing of their relationship. I mean, they were drinkers. That was the thing. And she completely understood what was going on with his shaking hands and said, I can fix this. Yeah. And she did. And she did. So your book that you recommended, mm-hmm. Furious Love, is amazing. The thing with Richard and Elizabeth, like, they fall in love in Cleopatra. Those scenes just sizzle. Yes. They yes. are literally falling in love on the set. Everyone is watching it happen. Again, um, or maybe this is when they were condemned by the Vatican. Yeah, it is. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor is called out in the congressional record in <laughs> the U.S., 
<laughs> now, love that. there's one small problem with all of this is that Richard Burton has a wife <laughs> named Sybil. Mm. And Sybil is devoted to him and understands that he is a notorious philanderer. He is. And, and this, she's put up with it all yeah, along. This isn't going to be anything different mm-hmm. than anything. Right, than all the others. I don't was. know if she felt the way that Debbie Reynolds felt, because Debbie Reynolds is like, if you're going to get left, I mean, you get fuck. left for Elizabeth Taylor, right? <laughs> right. Like, that's the, that that's the way to go out. <laughs> I don't know if Sybil felt the same way. So Burton is in this devoted to my wife, in love with the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it, it took a little while. Yeah. But Well, finally, Sybil had to let go. Like, yeah. He tried for a long time, but it was up to her. She refused. I mean, back then, you could just not sign the divorce papers. Right. So sure. You know, right. she finally, um, I think I remember from the book when she finally did it was because she fell in love with a 24-year-old rock star. And good. she was in her 30s. Good so for, for her. her. And I mean, that's what Liz and Dick both said was like, you know what? Great. It, he, he admitted to being a little bit jealous at first because the guy was younger. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, you know what? Good for her. She deserves that. Yeah. Good Everybody's getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Oh. Can, I, can I throw in my Brangelina? Oh my God, totally. So she's been compared, or Angelina Jolie's been compared to her, let's put it that way. Sure. Twice. Mm-hmm. First of all, in the Eddie Fisher scandal, whereas Debbie Reynolds would be Jennifer Aniston and Eddie Fisher is Brad Of Pitt. course. Right. And then again, with Liz and Dick, uh, La Scandale, they actually invented the paparazzi. That's when that happened. Mm-hmm. When that picture hit, is like that picture on the beach of Brad and Angelina. Yep. So that you know, she's been compared both times that way. I think that's super interesting because that's really the only other couple I can think of that's ever been that followed. They were followed like the Beatles. They were mobbed places. Like she got mobbed at an airport one time, and they were pulling at her hair. Oh my god! Her purse. She lost her shoes. Like she would actually be in danger when they went out together. That's insane. No, they were the most famous. Like mm-hmm. there was not anything paralleled to. But she always did try to have a good attitude about it because mm-hmm. when I said that about the Beatles, she was like, "Well, it could be worse. We could be the Beatles." And he's like, "We are the fucking Beatles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is bad." Yeah. <laughs> most famous couple. They marry while he's in the longest running Hamlet. He's an alcoholic. He's plagued by self doubt. Like I, I don't know. They're in love. It's got to be hot. It's got to be heavy. And the book Furious Love talks about this. There's the Liz and Dick tabloid. Mm-hmm. We're so, like, we're the Beatles. I mean, they did hang out with Wallace Simpson and Edward. They did. Like, that's the... Yeah. Uh, there's they a, were the only people in their social tier. I mean, right. they actually couldn't go back down to regular actors, if that makes sense, because of their level of fame. They did hang out with the aristocracy and, you know, like... Here's something funny that word. Elizabeth Taylor in a later interview. So I'm, I'm all jumping all over the story, but welcome to trashy divorces. (laughs) Elizabeth's talking to, I was talking to my friend, Grace Kelly, and we were both turning 40 that year and really talking about like, what does that mean? And are are we going to freak out about this? And they decided together, me and my friend, Grace Kelly, just to be (laughs) fearless about it. And Grace threw a party in Monte Carlo Elizabeth threw hers in Budapest. They went to each other's parties. Mm-hmm. Like these are the Amazing friends. These are your too. close friends. Yeah. Sure, that's you don't have regular friends. No, I mean if you try to be friends with someone in the Mm-mm. industry who's not a, a, that 
all well, that, and, all that person is going to have in the back of their head is like, can this help my career? Like, well, exactly. It has yeah. to be a level of trust. Yeah. And that's why they had to be around equals. And their only equals were people like Grace Kelly. Yeah. Because otherwise, somebody's out for something. Yeah. Rarified. Yeah. yeah. So I really am hopping around. Elizabeth sees Richard Burton. Richard Burton lands in Hollywood in the early 50s. Oh, I love that In the story. first time. And <laughs> like they meet again in 62 on Cleopatra, but they meet again originally in the early 50s at a pool party. And there's Elizabeth and her 18-year-old hot bod, big sunglasses. And here in comes Richard Burton. And she distinctly thinks, like, I will not be another notch in his belt. She is unimpressed. So she finds out he's coming to play the new Mark Antony. She's like, oh, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> Famous last like, words. <laughs> yeah, like I met him 10 years ago. He was an jerk then yeah. he wasn't impressive but yeah you know what happens to people over a decade do you yeah. remember what he said about her though i love that because she was sitting by the pool reading a book and like not actually partying or whatever she just kind of glances at him and then looks away he said he burst out laughing because she was so beautiful yeah Aww, and i just thought that's like that, the sweetest that thing ever is sweet but you know who else said that about her Roddy McDowell, one of yeah. her lifelong friends. Yeah. He said the same thing that the first time he ever met her, she was so beautiful, he just burst out laughing. Yeah. She was one of these people that, yeah, she was beautiful on film, but everybody that knew her in real life said to be around her was amazing. Like, she was even more beautiful without makeup on, you know? Wow. wow. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry, I probably messed you up there. No, <laughs> you're, I'm all, I'm all over the place. So, they're married. He divorces Sybil. She divorces Eddie. They marry. Their first run goes a good decade plus. Mm -hmm. They are living with blended families. So they both have careers. They're doing films together. They make a total of 11 films together. They buy a yacht because they're too famous to live on land. So dueling careers. Also a little bit of tax evasion. Yeah. Oh, that's ah, yeah. very interesting. Mm -hmm. ah. There you go. They would. She would actually have to put in a contract that I can't stay in England, and he'd have to do the same because if I stay here this long, I'll owe the government yeah, yep, two million pounds or some days shit. per year. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I mean, it is kind of smart <laughs> if you're going to be a tax evader. Live on a yacht on the Thames. I mean, I'd rather live on a yacht that. anyway. So. Yeah. Well, and that was paparazzi. Like, whoa, mm -hmm. poor them. So they're really Richard and Elizabeth trying to have a marriage to people who are really like, there's something about him that's very Mike Todd. Mm -hmm. He's in control. He's larger than life. He's mm -hmm. charismatic. Man's man. He has his own star power enough. And he does, he tells her no. Yeah. She's looking like she has been in control over everything. As long as she's been alive. Dominic Dunn will say, Elizabeth told him like, I don't remember a time where I wasn't famous. So I think anybody that presented that real to her, right. like, I'm going to talk to you like a real, like, mm -hmm. you're not a star. They love to fight. And here's a fun thing from an interview later. Uh, they love to fight. And you can, I, this just baffles me, this actor and this actress, I think legitimately plan and script their battles mm -hmm. because they're very tender in this interview. Like, but we don't attack the weak points. Burton says, I could attack her double chin. Elizabeth's like, I could attack your pockmarks mm -hmm. on your face. You don't they go don't for go the there. easy stuff. You don't, you. Well, you, their fighting was foreplay. 
That's <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest about what that is. That's exactly like, the book it. keeps calling it fighting and then lovemaking. Oh sure, because it's proper. It was fighting and fucking. Yeah. This is what they were yeah. doing, and I mean, it's hot. They were hot. But through these eleven films, I think they continue to kind of recreate that spark of Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially like Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yeah. They that was H O T. Well, and the other thing though, I mean. Eleven felt like they clearly enjoyed. They working liked working together. together. They preferred yeah. to work together. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's a pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. They divorce. Wait on it. They're going to work together again mm-hmm. after they divorce. So the next Oscar she won, like this to me was exciting. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Because they are falling into their own alcoholic well, torment. They always say that's very indicative of their marriage, the way it was towards the end. And, you know, she aged herself up. And she, so she's 33 that, and playing a 55 year old. She Lord. gained 25 pounds. And she looks 50. Like it was. Yeah. yeah. And For the was, time and the makeup. Yeah. Whoever, like, all, you hear about Hollywood and, oh, they lost so and so many pounds to trans. She put it on. She started this that This is Mike shit. Nichols' first movie, too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they gave it, they had choice of, um, in their contracts. Oh, I want to talk about that, too, with her contracts. Mm-hmm. In her contract, she always had choice of director, and they, this was his first film. So they basically just gave the kid a shot. But also, in her contracts, she did not work on the days that she had her period. I fucking love her. Yeah. I, she How do put we get that, that into writer? her contract that I don't work when I'm on my period. That's great. Yes, ma'am, sir. I love her so much. <laughs> well, also, I mean, if you're working in front of a camera, you're a little bloated. You're you, bloated. You, you feel, feel like good. shit. Yep. Like, I mean, I don't blame her. If yep. you're the most beautiful, sought-after actress yep. in the world that can command a million dollars a movie, are, are they going to say no? Yeah. No, but don't they you didn't. see, like, when you're on your cycle, your face change a little yeah, bit? Yeah. 100% that's, you're that's puffy. Why, you're, that's why yeah. she looked... Yeah. yeah. That's good. She, well, and if there's one thing Elizabeth understood... She, she, she has a weird dichotomy. Is like she understood how beautiful she was, but she was not vain. But right. she also she considered herself a caretaker of her looks. Mm-hmm. So she was not going to go on camera knowing that she didn't look her best. Well, in continuity in film, 100%. I can't have you look yeah. weird one day. Like that's the thing. She lost a crap ton of weight after Mike Todd died, and three weeks in mourning, she has to get back to film Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and she comes back and she is noticeably yeah. thinner and they as there's a particular scene where she has to eat and the director just kept doing takes on purpose to get her to eat to get her enough really food sad. i devastation i know okay so who's afraid of virginia wolf wins elizabeth her second best actress oscar that he lost he lost <laughs> but now she feels strong enough to tackle shakespeare and taming of their shrew this point also, she's released from MGM and can start making her own deals. And now they really start having fun. Mm-hmm. Spending millions, furs, yachts, jewelry. There is no limit Wait, to so the she's, spending. She's, she's, she's in her mid-30s. Mm-hmm. And she's MG- early 30s. MGM has owned her since she mm-hmm. was eight. Pretty much. Ten. That is, yeah. So 25 years of her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My God. Uh, no limit to spending. Somebody is quoted, there, it is pathological. The way that Burton goes after available jewels for Elizabeth. I love that. So if there's a big diamond, a big jewel on the market coming up for auction, Burton is there. It's said that he's, I know, Rubes. No, no, I'm laughing about one of my favorite stories of the jewels. Tell me. The most expensive jewel The most expensive jewel he had to buy her was after a fight where he just said something nasty. He turned around and said, get your big, ugly man hands away from me. And she's like, 
really? <laughs> oh, really? And to make him make up for this, he bought her the most expensive diamond in the world. Cartier actually outbid him and got it. And then he was like, hell no. Hell no. Got his lawyer over there and kept bidding with Cartier until he got that fucking diamond. Oh, my God. And it was so big and so heavy, she couldn't wear it on her man hands. Like, that was the joke. So she had it remade into a necklace, and it had to be insured for a million dollars. She was only allowed to wear it 30 days out of the year and had to have armed guards when she did it. You were joking. Not joking at all. Like it, Holy cow. I don't know where it is now. I'm sure it's in some crazy museum. But Cartier had it on display for a long time. You could come and see it. And it oh, was wow. known for, I forgot what the first name was. And then it was the Cartier Diamond because they bought it. And then it became known as the Taylor Burton. And when he bought it, he finally got it back for $1.1 million, And they say, I think it's like two point five now. Oh, wow. Yeah. There, uh, yeah, he would fuck up and have to buy her. I love it. Just piece of jewelry. I do too. Bought her art, bought her jewelry. Every time somebody messes up. When after Elizabeth Taylor passes away, her family, I guess, has her collection of jewels and dresses and shoes Mm -hmm. and bags. It was a fascinating little film that the auction house put together. Because Sotheby did it, right? Yeah, Yeah. three thousand bags all lined up. Like I. I, I was fine with the jewels. I was fine with the dresses. And then they got to the handbag lady and I, uh. Okay. By the end of the 60s, he is drinking a lot. Both of them. It's a lot of weakness. It's a lot of self-destruction. She is taking a lot of painkillers for her back injury. Her star power hasn't passed, but the times are changing. She's very much still connected to old studio mm-hmm. Hollywood. And, you know, we're looking at The Graduate. Like, innovative filmmakers are making new things. Well, and the and idea of women's beauty was changing. Twiggy became a thing. Yep. Now you needed to be tall, slim, and willowy. And that was the a complete opposite of five foot two curvy Liz Taylor. Like, that's just not who she was. So, yeah. so the drinking, teenagers, the drinking careers. Is insane. Can we talk about the drinking for a let's minute? Talk, let's talk about because the drinking. Because she could keep up with any man and actually drink them under the table. Isn't that amazing? She, well, I mean, she started young, obviously, (laughs) but that was part of the problem with them. And part of their love actually is a shared interest in not just drinking, but having fun and partying and adventuring and all of that. But the drinking was drinking, And they could do it all freaking day long. They would bring a Bloody Mary, a pitcher of Bloody Marys to set in the morning. And they're like, you better get your best shit from them before lunch. Because after lunch, you know, they start with the martinis. So, and I mean, that's just how they worked. And if you wanted to work with them, you worked around it. But yeah, she could actually, at one point, I mean, that's when he got sick. She was so worried about him. She knew something was wrong and his color was wrong. And he was told he would probably die within five years if he didn't quit drinking. Oh, wow. His liver was so enlarged. And so he had to become sober, and she wouldn't. Oh. She didn't have to, and so she didn't. And so he started seeing, like, the ugly side of himself now that he was sober and her. And I think that had a lot to do with the the downward spiral, is that he had to get sober, and she never would. So they did downward spiral. Mm -hmm. I think they were right-headed... For divorce, or they got together after their divorce to talk about money or yeah, something. they did. They got together to work out finances and wound up crying and having sex and Re-falling getting back love. together. Getting back together. I, they loved each other. That was the thing that was never the problem. Yeah. You know, they did never fall out of love. No. And, it, well, yeah, no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They were something. So they, second time around didn't last anywhere near as long mm-hmm. as the first time around it was much they were more immediately short-lived. fighting again oh i guess we should talk about why the first one happened 
Yeah. He did actually cheat on her. He had never cheated on her, even though he was a famous Lothario. and sure. had always cheated on Sybil, never ever cheated on her. He did a movie called Blackbeard, where he has all these sexy wives. Um, oh, <laughs> remember man. she smacks one of them? I can't think of the... It was... She was like a Playboy model turned actress. Hmm. And she thought she was a little bit too enthusiastic in her love scenes with Richard. So she gave her a resounding slap. Jane well, Mansfield? No, yeah. it wasn't Jane Man. No, no, no. It wasn't like a name that you would know. Okay. It was it was just to somebody that Elizabeth was like, Mm-mm, no, and <laughs> smacked her. But he was, I mean, it's Bluebeard. So, you know, his thing about it in the movie is he's this count. Hell, I forgot what the name was. But anyway, he's actually impotent. And so when his wife would find out, he would kill her and put her in a freezer. So that's why he was a serial killer of wives. So oh, my oh, my God. He's on screen with his, all this bevy of beautiful women. And it is uh, like Raquel Welch and wow. um, like all these incredible beauties. But it's not one of those that you would think that she would be so jealous of. It's this one chick. And it's something she watched because, you know, she had he had it in his contract that she could come to the set whenever she wanted she watched it, and she slapped the shit out of that girl. Was that the one he cheated with? I don't remember. I wish I had gone back and listened to that again or written it down. But um, he did eventually, you know, they were really fighting and things were bad. And I think it was at, like, the rap party or something. They walked around a corner, and everybody thought they were coming back. And then it was like, oh, well, I guess they're not. Gave in to his and darker so, but, demons. Yeah, and, I mean, she didn't just find out about it. He told her. Like, I mean, mm. he told her the truth. I mean, that's who they were, though. I mean, I mean, that's good. Yeah. I mean, not good that you did it, but not let's good, not, not lie about it. Not good that you it. cheated, but I, I, in a way, think he was hurting so badly, and he had quit drinking, and she hadn't, and I think he felt a little bit let down and betrayed, because she's the one that forced him to go to the doctor and get his shit under control, and yet he could wa- he was watching her spin out of control with her drinking. Yeah. She was also taking painkillers and, and yeah. you know, not living right, and he was starting to see it for what it was in a way that he couldn't when he was drinking. Yeah. So I'm not saying that she deserved to be cheated on. I'm just saying I can see how it led to that. Certainly. So, well, anyway, that, that's I guess that was her last that's straw. How the first, that's how the first divorce started. Okay. He finally cheated. So. Well, you know, if, yeah. that's, if that's your line in the sand. Uh, it, it, it's my line in the sand. It, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Guess it was Elizabeth's as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's the first breakup, mm-hmm. the remarriage that, I mean, it's, it's just sad. Yeah, it's like less than a year, but right? They, when yeah, they got back but together, they never yeah. really stopped loving each other. No, they stayed friends. And stayed yeah. friends, and we're going to have a little Burton interlude coming back up, but, but this first. ends Richard Burton, and I don't, I, let's... I'm going to have a hard time with his trash cans. <laughs> I, I just yeah. love him. I think he was, at heart, a really good man. Very mercurial man. He's got to have a trash can or two for Sybil. I'm going to I'm gonna hold on for trash can until I get to my, he re-enters the picture. That's fair. Let's, let's, That's let's fair. hold off for a yeah. second. Until yeah. the interlude. So... Elizabeth is now single, living large, free of... But not not for long. What happened, Stacey? Not for long at all. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor, actually, I didn't even include this in the story, but it's worth noting that world history could have been vastly different because for a brief period, right after Burton, she dated the Iranian ambassador to the United States, and they You're were kidding. seen out and about... And he was apparently dashing. Who Grace Kelly introduced her to. Really? No way. Yes. They, uh, Richard bitched about it later that he had to sit through a car ride in traffic with Elizabeth and Grace Kelly. And that all Grace Kelly did the whole time was talk about how wonderful the Iranian guy is. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. my gosh. And, she you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm reading this. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, so uh, it was before the Iranian Revolution. So the Shah was still in charge. Yeah. And he apparently 
put the kibosh on that because I'm sure it looked decadent as fuck to oh, right. yeah. the public at home. But imagine like Elizabeth Taylor marries the Iranian ambassador to the United mm-hmm. States. Maybe it works. And I don't know, maybe world history is really different and the United States and Iran are not what they are today. Wow, sliding doors. Yeah, right? Sure. Anyway, so that didn't happen. Anyway, because his boss was like, cut her Yeah, no, sure. (laughs) No more of this. So she is left in the lurch ahead of a British embassy ball in honor of Queen Elizabeth II. I think this is part of America's bicentennial celebrations. Oh, yeah, yeah. The British needed to have a little party for the Queen. Make her feel better. Soothe the wounds. July eighth, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So. She is set up on a blind date with an extremely eligible bachelor. He has recently divorced the heiress of the Mellon fortune. Okay. Um, so he's worth ten million dollars. Nice. Like the Carnegie Mellons. Yes. Okay. Those okay. ones. Um, wow. So yeah, she was Catherine Mellon, and apparently after the divorce, John Warner uh, is her ex-husband. After the divorce, they got on famously, and she lived next door. They had three kids together, so like it worked out really well. Oh. So Elizabeth has a date with who? John Warner, ha. who had been the Secretary of the Navy under Nixon, and Ford had put him in charge of like the bicentennial stuff. So I get so he probably had some official role, or he was like almost like a, at a diplomat level for this yeah. ball would be my guess. So it's a blind date. You know, he's a rich, silver-haired guy thinking about a career in politics. Who managed not to get swept up by the corrupt Nixon administration, so he's probably smarter than your average uh, bear. Yeah. Is, is that true, though? I don't know. I've not heard. I don't know. Well, no. I, I Right. I haven't heard of him being implicated, but was there anyone who wasn't? Anyway. Maybe. I mean, yeah. You got some of his stank on you, even if you didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So he was just, he was considered a super great catch. He had previously dated Barbara Walters and most of the other eligible bacheloresses of dc Why not? sure he said to barbara walters a woman like you could probably get me elected senator totally charming <laughs> that did not work out weirdly turns out you know elizabeth taylor was pretty tired of hollywood at that point she'd been living on a fucking boat for like 15 years with right. burton she sees this dude you know older man silver haired even then well, and he has 2,800 acres and a horse farm, which is got her. this giant mm-hmm. Virginia farm about an hour outside of D.C. It is at the end of a mile-long driveway. Yeah, there are duck ponds. There, are, There's cattle. There's like, yeah, it, it was like her childhood. But you can also hide out. It's like uh, Jackie Kennedy when she marries Ari Onassis. Mm-hmm. I can get on a boat and be away from mm-hmm. everyone in the world. And yeah. doesn't that have to feel good? Oh, yeah. I saw a biographer wrote that she married John Warner for roots. You know, like she married Burton for love. She, you know. All of her husbands, she had an interesting reason. I mean, except for Nikki, which she was pushed into. But I mean, the rest of them are almost, they're almost reactionary to (laughs) Mm -hmm. each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, they were married five months after their first date, December 4, uh, 1776. 1776. Simple Episcopalian ceremony conducted at sunset on his farm. Like half a dozen people were there. It was just oh, wow. super That's small. Sweet. Yeah. She said, I'm so happy to just be John's wife. I finally feel that I have a home. My search for roots is finally over. John called her his little heifer, which I guess is maybe different if you're a cattle rancher, and pooters. So already I'm thinking maybe they don't 
They're not quite I'm on gonna, the same level. I will interject and say that Richard Burton liked to, he would call her lumpy something. I mean, like, he would do it in a joking, loving way. Right. Now, I I'm think, sure. I think Heifer's kind of meaner, but I, we don't know their context. Right. Maybe that oh. was a fun joke between them. Oh, no. We, she had a great sense of humor. We do know their context. We because, do. Because, yeah. Barbara Walters interviewed Elizabeth and John Warner in 78. Did she disclose that they had dated? How awkward. <laughs> no, I don't think she did. Oh, in 78 when he's it, running for Senate. In 78, yeah. she interviews them at their kitchen table in the farmhouse. Barbara Walters also in the same thing puts together her 88 interview with Elizabeth Taylor, who's now single. Yeah. And so it is a dramatic difference. Like, to me, Elizabeth is nursing the wounds of Burton. Yeah. She's hiding out on a farm. She is letting herself eat. For the first time in oh, her it. life. I know. So she has gained some weight. She's learning how to cook. She's learning how to cook. She's eating. Like, I'm not in a film. I don't have to. And she got shit for every pound she ever put on. Oh, my like, God. She was so scrutinized. Yeah. It was unfair. No, so in this interview, like, Barbara's like, what would you, you know, tell each other about it? And he's like, yeah, Elizabeth, you're fat. <gasps> yeah. And okay, no, the heifer's not so funny. The, no, it's not funny at all. So the 88 that interview, fuck. because Elizabeth in this interview was like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm just mm-hmm. so happy to be John's yeah. wife. And he's, like, it was one thing for Mike Todd and Richard Burton to counter with her. You never go for the soft spot. No, and you, when you don't Richard go did it, he was pot. being funny about it. Like, he was still loving. He was being loving, not. John Warner's just sounds like an asshole. He's a dick. He yeah. sounds just like a jerk. Well, like, no, Elizabeth, you're fat. So you listen to her in 88, and she's like, yeah, I was miserable. I was miserably unhappy. I was over, like, it, everything was bad, but I put yeah. on this. Right. I think she's just trying to feel better after Burton. Yeah, well, and she's such a loving, pr- like, in, I think in some ways he became her project. Mm, because maybe. he did, he had this ambition, yeah. right? Like, he was kind of out of government, but... Let me continue. So he jumps into the 78 Virginia Senate race. Elizabeth turns out to be a hell of a campaign asset. Of I mean, she, just yeah. to get yeah. a match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, she is part of his stump speech. Like, he mm-hmm. will point to her, like, big deal. She's super loyal at a Georgetown dinner party. She saw the editor of the Washington Post, Ben Bradley, and just beelines for him and is like, Bradley, get off Warner's ass. It was just... <laughs> having none of it like she was gonna again happy not happy didn't matter she was married to him and she mm-hmm. was gonna fucking be there she was loyal <laughs> yeah yeah uh so here this is the craziest campaign story that i think i've recently heard okay so warner was fairly moderate like he was really the the burning issue of the time was the cold war he was really into negotiating yeah. with the soviets he had worked on previous negotiating things with the soviets that was not a super popular stance in the gop at the time so he's in this Virginia Senate primary for the Republicans, and he ends up finishing second place behind Richard Obenshane, who is just a super anti-communist fire breather. Like, I'm sure he would have gone on to be a prototype of today's Republican. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that would have been it for Warner's Senate run, except that two months later, Obenshane is killed in a plane crash, <gasps> which if you're Liz Taylor, must be like, he, oh my God. crashes in her life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So the Virginia GOP like holds, I guess, a like quickie convention to yeah. fix this, and Warner gets put on the ballot, and he ends up being in the Senate for the next thirty years. He didn't retire wow. until two thousand nine. Their marriage. So he didn't win his race. Well, I mean, he, he did win his race after the, the race was. 
he won the general. He didn't wow. win the primary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, the guy died, so yeah. you know, party had to do something. <laughs> 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 they had to put somebody on that ballot. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth, you know, he's in the Senate now. She's living on the farm. She is shopping at the local Safeway. Like again, this is like a little small town outside, an hour outside of town. She's having guests over. She is learning to cook. She's just doing a lot, like domestic mm-hmm. housewife type things. And, you know, as noted, she was apparently deeply miserable, even if she was trying to put a brave face on it. Hubby is working like from... He's a he's, senator, yeah. Yeah, and he's got an hour commute and the whole thing. I mean, he is up before dawn. He is home after dark. Like, And so at one point, um, he was quoted as saying, like, so I get home from work. I am dead tired. And Elizabeth just wants to spend time together. So she's like, we're watching one of my movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm watching one of her movies. And I'm seeing all of them over time. Like, it's cool. <laughs> How weird must it have been to watch the ones with Richard? Don't know if they got that far. A bit awkward, maybe? Yeah. I mean, oh, she had, how many movies over her career? Oh, oh. 50 or something? Something like that. Because she was already in, like, I remember in one of her movies with Burton they said this was her 42nd film and I was like Jesus fuck like yeah Yeah. since she was eight literally never stopped true by 82 they divorced and upon her death in 2011 Warner told the Washington Post that his kids had remained close to her kids like Mm -hmm. the whole time so the kids not not Warner but his kids would be attending her funeral oh well family meant everything to her including stepchildren so I can see that Yeah. yeah yeah Do you want to interlude here with some more burden? No. So they divorced. How many tries? Like, I'm sorry. You don't. Oh, uh, you don't hit the weak points of your spouse. That's not what marriage is about. It's to me. true. And honestly, this. It's like I needed to knock her down a notch or something. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm like, sure. knock. don't knock her down in a mean way. Like, there's something to being countered with. Body shaming I, women is just like age old. Bad news. Bullshit. But. I mean, you guess she didn't punch her in the... cheating or abusive. Not that I know of, but... yeah. I mean, the other, like, a, a subplot that I don't think was... She ends up checking into Betty Ford for the first time in December of 83. So clearly her drinking and pill use was escalating yeah. over this period. And she was probably frequently alone in a big farmhouse with nothing to do. Yep. Except drink and take pills. As like, I'm, I'm just guessing. But, yeah, so it seems, I don't know, like, maybe three... Again, like he didn't, it didn't seem like he was physically abusive. It didn't seem like there was cheating. Yeah. I don't think it was a love match. Can no. I go ahead and go three and a half just for the you're fat, Elizabeth? Yes. Because yeah. that mm-hmm. just makes me angry. Yeah. So they divorced in 82. In 1983, there's a little bit of a reunion between Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. They go on a seven month stage tour doing Noel Coward's private lives. Mm-hmm. They are together. It's a play about bickering lovers. And I think in this, yeah, in this seven month period, they're still testing it. They're still flirting with that thing that they Mm -hmm. have. She talks about even after they were divorced, if they were able to party, they were still flirting under the table. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of this seven month tour, this is Elizabeth Taylor's first entree. Her family has an intervention for her. Like, they didn't call it an intervention, but she walks in. There's everybody like, hey, we're really worried about you. You are, you know, you've been on this tour. You're drinking Mm -hmm. yourself to death. You're pilling yourself to death. And she actually listened in this intervention and gets herself into Betty Ford. She gets herself into the Betty. 
This is instant headlines. Right. It's the first time a celebrity had mm-hmm. sort of acknowledged that. She just recalls. Her. Mm-hmm. Don't you just, I'm yeah. going to start crying no. again, y'all. Yeah. She recalls later no how. No shame. She had no shame about no. it. Not at all. I love her. No. She recalls later how proud she was that she did it and thinking like if other people look at that and go, hey, if Elizabeth Taylor can do it, I can, I do, can it do it too. Yeah. 100%. So she goes in. It's the first time in her life that she is sharing a bedroom. She's sweeping floors. So you look at part of learning how to cook with John Warner. She's doing ordinary things. Mm-hmm. Anthony Geary from General Hospital. I don't know if you remember when she came on as Helena Cassidine. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Okay. In General Hospital, which was amazeballs in like 1981. Anthony Geary and she, I think, had a little affairette. But he talks about taking her to the arcades one day and playing pinball. She had never, never done it. played Fuck. pinball. Like this is a woman now in her late, f- early fifties. Had every adventure, but has she's done, not done no- little normal things. But she's never that anybody been, else would have done. Gone bowling or yeah. Yeah. never played a game of skee ball. Never yeah. played it. Like, they went to the arcade, and she and he talks about just Whack-a-mole. the joy that like, she's like a little kid. I can't yeah. even believe I missed out on all of Aww. this. Anyway, like she's back at the Betty sharing a bedroom moving out trash cans like this really does have an impact she examines her life her addiction her choices so she is sober and doing okay mm-hmm. doing pretty good so i'm going to go back to your book furious <laughs> love so even though this is not an authorized book so to speak elizabeth taylor didn't want their love affair not being recorded somewhere. So in the they did him right. Oh my god! In the opening of the book, Mm -hmm. in the like preface, it talks about the last letter. Mm -hmm. The last letter of the forty letters that Elizabeth gave the authors to tell the story. The last letter is not in there, but I did catch an interview with the authors who say what's in the last letter. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. Okay, they've done the Noel Coward's private lives. Elizabeth is sober. By 83, he had remarried, right? He had she, remarried. That's a whole sad thing when he dies because he won't allow, or the that wife would not allow Liz to come to his funeral, which that's is it. really oh, fucking mean in my opinion. Oh my God, that... I mean, it's Liz Taylor, first of all. Everybody nightmare. knows, like, it's just shitty. So Richard Burton tells his brother two months before he dies about Elizabeth, that bloody woman... I still love her, and I know I will end up marrying her again. (laughs) Like, Richard, even though he's married again, is still in love with Elizabeth. So, 1984, that last letter, oh, my God, that he sends her, she doesn't receive until after his death. She gets it a few days after. She gets it a few days after his death. I think she comes home from the memorial in the U.S. and the letters in the mailbox. Which, not allowed to attend the funeral he writes to her in this last letter, my home is where you are and I want to come home. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I just love them. You see why I, why I argue I that he I is her it. greatest love? Like, yeah. I think you can have more than one love of your life, especially if the first yeah. one died. It's say, not like that love died. Yeah, dying after 13 months. I think months. she got lucky and, and mm-hmm. got hit by lightning twice. Yeah. They, I love their love story. That's my home just is beautiful. where you are and I want to come home. So she has always said, like, damn it. I know. Mm. We would have. <laughs> Welcome. People like know, when you cry, Erica. That got me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I want to come home. So she gets this 
letter after he passes away, which certainly tests her sobriety. I mean, this <laughs> yeah, crushes imagine. her. Because that's young. 58? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Around Even then, that's young. That same time, Elizabeth's very good friend, Rock Hudson, is also dying of AIDS. And Elizabeth can is... I, can I yeah. jump in? Did you say how Richard Burton died? Was Did... it cirrhosis? No, 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 no. He had a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. like in a sleep. Dead at, dead at 58. Okay. All right. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It does Very suck. much. So Elizabeth's in grief, and I think she turned this grief watching Rock Hudson die into... he. Rock Hudson dies in 85 and it activates her into something. And she can remember like going and visiting hospitals and seeing high society women and their dogs walk around AIDS patients. Like they were going to catch AIDS and she just got, she got so mad about this and she walked into the hospital and she's like, what do I do? And an AIDS patient there was like, I just want to feel someone's arms around me because it was that, so Elizabeth sort of spends the rest of her life, mm-hmm. like occasionally popping in for a few acting roles, but doing fundraising for the cause that right and uh, trying to uh, make people understand what the disease was and that you couldn't catch it like that. And that's exactly right. right. To normalize it and to humanize it. Yeah. And she was an incredible ambassador for that. Millions and millions of dollars, but we're not mm-hmm. done. We still no, have one more husband. <laughs> we're now not. that I've made God everybody cry. Her. I know. Right, right. Thanks, Alicia, for the <laughs> Burton interlude. Jesus, well, um, I can't be the only one that cries on trashy divorces. No, like, no. oh, I knew I would. I love them. <laughs> okay, so in the late eighties, she is doing very difficult, very emotionally taxing work. She has suffered significant deaths in her life. She relapses. And heads back to the Betty Ford. Oh, the Betty. So <laughs> here she meets a construction worker named Larry Fortensky, who was also battling his own addiction. He had been uh, busted for DUI the year before in California, uh, while also in possession of marijuana, which at the time was not cool. So fortunately, he had Teamster health insurance. Yay, unions. <laughs> Fantastic. And, uh, and they paid for him to go to Betty wow. Ford. Oh, great. Yeah, because that's not cheap. It's not cheap. And I mean... I guess you don't think about like regular people at Betty Ford because it's so uh, no. associated yeah. with like celebrity, you know, getting clean. So when they both got out, they really, their courtship took off and Elizabeth would bring treats to him at his work sites, which must have been completely bonkers. Oh my God. For, like he's on well, a construction know, she, site and uh-huh. but she also here's some had cookies. This thing where she always endeared her crew to her. So I'm sure she saw it like that. that like probably she, so. She was the person that knew everybody's name on the movie set, like mm-hmm. that brought in booze for everybody or cookies for everybody like so that would have been within her wheelhouse to be like i don't care sure i'm gonna show up and yeah here's some brownies for the guys exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's amazing okay so uh in 91 they married at michael jackson's neverland ranch in a ceremony officiated by marianne williamson really i think she's running for president right now okay that is true one of the zillion zillions of people who are running wow we are running for president now. Let's just declare here. Okay. Um, t- 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 big news on trashy divorces. Uh, Taylor wore a $25,000 Valentino dress. Of course she did. The guest list included Liza Minnelli, Nancy Reagan, Merv Griffin, Pia Zadora, Macaulay Culkin, and everybody else in Hollywood. There were paparazzi buzzing overhead in helicopters. Like, it was bonkers. 
they did sell the photographs of the, and this is something she did. I was going to say, I remember vividly the mm-hmm. marriage photographs. Yeah. Right. But all of the, whatever it sold for, they went to her age charity. Ampar. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so they had a prenup, and it stipulated that if the marriage lasted five years or longer, Fortinsky would get a million-dollar payout, no additional support, but just a clean payout. And so five years in... Can I... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt just for one yeah, second. Yeah, please do. So in 1992, mm-hmm. when Elizabeth turned 60, when we talk about never playing pinball, mm-hmm. learning to cook, taking out the trash, she went to Disneyland for Aww. the first time at 60 and had her 60th birthday party... At Disney. That's so cute. That really is cute. Like, I want to be a kid. So she talks about it with, Mm -hmm. you know, Grace Kelly back in the 40s. And now it was Mm -hmm. another, that same interview, like, Grace is gone. Mm. And, you know, we wanted to embrace aging fearlessly back then. Mm -hmm. And now I want to go and enjoy all the childlike things that... Mm -hmm. I missed out on in the first place. So it's a good yeah. place to turn 60. Grace Kelly Disney. is another one. She literally was surrounded by death and not just like cancer or unfortunate things, but horrific car mm-hmm. crashes and plane crashes. Yep. And it's really kind of sad. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Grace Kelly. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Please. Oh yeah. Back to you, Stacey. Nope. A-okay. So yeah, by 96, five years in, he apparently just like according to his sister or something, he was just tired of being Mr. Elizabeth Taylor. Yep, that's a hard role. It also sounds like he was not tightly clinging to his sobriety. Oh, oh well, yeah. Which I don't know, given like her real penchant for loyalty and supporting, like I don't know if that would have been a big deal to her. Like maybe she would have supported him through that. But in any case, they divorced very amicably as far as I can tell, and they remained fairly close for the rest of her life. But he was using drugs again, drinking again. He gets arrested for like public intoxication later in 96. In 99, he falls down a flight of stairs in his home, uh, causing a serious brain injury from which Ooh. like he recovered, but he was never able to work again. Right. Like it was, yeah, it, it was a, it was a permanent injury and he had been drunk at the time of the fall. Oh no. So, you know, Taylor was there for him and helped him out financially when needed. She loaned him 50 grand at one point when he was like behind on his mortgage. At her death in her will, she left him $800,000. The month after she died, though, he moved in with his sister where he remained until his death from surgical complications in 2016. Oh, wow. Wow. He was 64. She was super generous. And actually, so was Richard. That was one of their things is like they literally supported everybody. I'm I'm talking not Mm -hmm. just their own children, but nieces, nephews, cousins. You know, if anybody in the family came to them, they were literally supporting everybody mm-hmm. on both sides. Well, it she seems was just that generous. Like her foundation is still allowing some of that support and entree. There's a great video with her grandkids. Oh, like you don't. Her kids are pretty hidden. They're yeah. not. Yeah. There's not much out there about them. But there is a video with all the grandkids that. There's one that's a child, so a child care social worker in Manhattan, but does a lot of work with Elizabeth Taylor's charity. Like you, and you look at them across the spans of husbands, yeah. like grandkids from all over that are all beautiful. <laughs> like, it's I don't, like, how could you not be? Her genes have to be that well, strong. Yeah. <laughs> the kid generation, like not as good looking as the grandkid generation. There's oh. one grandkid with just the same violet eyes that are, I like, was wondering who got the beautiful. eyes. Beautiful. Pierce, like all of her grandchildren really very much do dote on her. Everybody's very involved with continuing her legacy and carrying on the work that she did for the foundation. 
Yeah, I think so. I've had in in my mind for a lot of years now a comparison of like the Kennedys who like have this generational wealth and mm-hmm. tends to propel them into service and. I don't. I mean, they're rich. They don't need big paychecks, so they mm-hmm. work in public service. They, you know, they highlight social issues. They, they are very public spirited. Mm-hmm. My point is that I think that with Taylor's grandchildren, like I'm sure they've mm-hmm. all inherited mountains oh, of yeah. money and have, rather than, you know, I don't know, wasted grubbing or yeah, going to work in financial stuff. Like they're yeah, they're it's a social worker. It's a you know. They, they're living normal lives they, they don't they didn't want to be actors and actresses they're not trying to be famous yeah. like or like had no like get your harvard degree and go to wall street like yeah dude that, you're not helping anyone so it sounds like they are committed to it's it's this much older model of like what it means to be born rich uh, yeah you, yeah you help people so tell I me like about that. trash cans for larry fortinsky oh last husband Last chance to trash. I, I realized we I, didn't do trash cans for Richard Burton, so we'll go back and do that at the end. I'm not sure that he... I mean, he didn't cheat. He, yeah, they, they met each other in sobriety. Like, mm-hmm. And it, it really... seems supportive. Of, I don't know that it was a love match, but I mean, I don't know yeah. that that deserves no, trash No, they were cans. each other's sober yeah. coaches until yeah. they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I but I don't think he was bad to her. And I think, yeah, I think they were kind of both moonlighting in the other person's world. Mm-hmm. That makes sure. sense. And at a certain point, like well, that... Elizabeth had played pinball. Now she was ready to walk <laughs> yeah. on the wild side. <laughs> I like I don't know one and a half. It's not very trashy. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd even give him. Why he uh, could yeah. just be one. a zero trash can. Okay, Richard Burton. <sighs> I'm gonna let gonna you call have... that, Erica. Yeah, I, we, I, we, he has to have one for guest choice for Sybil. I kind of want to give him one for cheating on Liz, mm-hmm. but then in a way, she kind of betrayed him by not supporting his sobriety. Like, she would often kind of feed into it and be like, I'll just have a drink. Even though she was the one that talked him into becoming sober. Right. So it kind of cancels that one out. Is, you know, it, is it a your, karma wash, too? Once your spouse yeah, t- it really is. Yeah, once your spouse starts turning yellow, it is a little incumbent on and you I mean, to stop drinking a, with them. It, he oddly had a very strange fear of doctors. His mother died in childbirth. Of course, her 13th child. So I think that's understandable. Jeez. But he right. blamed doctors the rest of his life for it. Wow. Did not trust doctors. I'm sure that's what his father did, And then, of course, he's too. with a woman who had, what, 26 surgeries mm-hmm. at one point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was literally always ill. And he had a lifelong fear of him. And she made him go check in, at, I think, Cedar sinai and get checked out. And he could tell just by touching him that his liver was enlarged. Ooh. So, I mean, she encouraged it. But it's difficult to encourage something if you can't walk that line, too. Right. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like I said, yeah, I think I, I think I want you to get healthy, but cheating. don't ruin my good time. I'll give him one for Sybil, but as far as everything else, like uh, I, I, I think, think he they, and Liz are a wash. I do too. Okay, can can we also can we give him one for his liver? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm kind of not kidding. Like that, you got to work at that. Um, I'm shocked that like that's something else that I remember in the book them saying that it's all it's shocking what it didn't do to her health at the time that right. it did do to his. Um, I know in one part of the book they were talking about well one thing she did that he wouldn't do was she ate she would still mm-hmm. eat a meal and so she would absorb some of that. That's and how so she, she could never drink all truly day. got drunk all day. Whereas he just kept drinking and he was belligerent or not. I mean not even belligerent just blind blackout at mm-hmm. a certain point where right. she could just keep tossing it back. Um, it's one of the ways she outdrank him. I wonder though, I mean, also she, again, uh, had back problems mm-hmm. her whole, like she had pain her whole life. And I think a lot of it for both of them were self-medicating because mm-hmm. he also had injuries. I forget mm-hmm. exactly how he got them, but at one point, um, his wrist and arm, he lost feeling and couldn't use it. And mm. for the, 
he hated pills just like he hated doctors and stuff and so at one point he did have to start taking pain medication too and that's when he was sober and he didn't like the feeling of that and you know so I do believe they both were self-medicating not just emotional right you know issues that they had and his father was a really bad alcoholic so I mean he definitely had it in the genes as well but also self-medicating for pain sure I mean, honest God, my back hurts. I'll pour a drink. Right. I, <laughs> I don't have pain pills. And I don't like taking the, them anyway. So yeah. Only, only thing that'll work. Yeah. So those are the trashy divorces of the world's most beautiful woman. I mean, Violet eyes. some trashy, some not trashy, some not even divorces. It's less trashy than you actually think when you get yes. into the details of it. I think she's so sympathetic to me. I hope other people find her that way because she was genuinely a good person. She really seems to have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. She no I don't think she hurt to... anybody on purpose. Right. She might have had seven marriages, but it was not. Yeah, that headline. Yeah, yeah. Like seven husband, whatever, eight mm-hmm. husbands, seven marriages. Like that headline makes it seem horrifically trashy. That she's just and vampy and, and exactly. does this shit on purpose. And, and the truth of the matter is, she kind of bounced into the next relationship, and mm-hmm. it was, one was always a reaction into the other one. She had two great loves, mm-hmm. and that she loved very much. And I just, I don't know. So a life, because I'm going to ask you both, like, what's the most, what's your favorite and most surprising thing about it? But to me, Elizabeth Taylor, total survivor. She has had tragedy, addiction, weight problems, like highest highs, lowest lows. She's a survivor. 79 years old. Like, there's something that I found really touching. Like, we've talked about it over the episode. She just makes these connections with people. Yes. Do you know that Spencer Tracy who starred as her father in Mm -hmm. Father of the Bride. Until his death, anytime anything happened to her, good or bad, for the rest of her life, since they started that movie together, he would send her a telegram (laughs) to Kitten from Pops until he died. Like, those are the kind of relationships... That's the effect she had on people. Everybody loved her. Makes. Um... Like, she gave her heart to people that were wounded, mm-hmm. and it really brought out the best in her. So that's the, I think, the thing that surprised me the most is just how very real and she was. And, and yeah. humble and, like, the most beautiful woman in the world, and I can tell mm-hmm. the dirtiest joke you've ever heard. Oh, she loved to cuss. She would love this episode for the F word. Like, she, <laughs> that actually was one thing Burton didn't like. Even though he cussed and raged and did all, he did he not like her sailor's mouth. Did not like her potty did mouth. Did not think that was ladylike. And I mean, she loved to cuss. And it was a reaction to her cuss. beauty. Yeah. She was trapped within this beautiful body mm-hmm. and it was her way of rebelling as being like, God damn it, fucking A. You know, I That's love it. that. I love that about her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who, who wants, who wants to go next? Like what's your, what's your favorite thing or the thing you learned or the thing that surprises you about Elizabeth Taylor? Do you have a wrap up? So I think for me, like in my household growing up, when she was, you know, very much alive and very still ever present in the media, like, to, I, I feel like I absorbed a very one dimensional picture of her. And so yeah, learning like how genuinely caring she was, and how like she stayed in touch with her exes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, most of them, most of them. <laughs> yeah. She yeah, it she really does seem like she genuinely loved everyone in her orbit. Like, I agree. Like, I think people get an idea of 
because of her cool beauty that she was a cold woman. Right. And that's kind of what I thought growing up is that, you know, her kids are probably all in boarding school. So they aloof. were at some point. Yeah. But she loved her children. She was devoted to her children. There was somebody, I forget who it was in the book, said that she played with her children like she was a child. Mm-hmm. She didn't act like a mother. Like, And she was so generous to her friends and family. And again, with the set, I forget who it was. Uh, it was Taming of the Shrew. The makeup artist had to call in sick and everybody was already on set. She's like, I got it. Not a problem. Did the makeup for like 50 extras herself and the entire cast. Like she was just that kind of, you know, you would think somebody in her stature would be above that. And she was not afraid to get down and get dirty and say, let's get this done. I love it. Like I love, she had an incredible work ethic. She Mm -hmm. was, she was known as one shot Liz, one take Liz. Oh, that's cool. You know, she's, I mean, incredibly professional. Even was it Gilgood that said he had never worked with anybody that never flubbed. No, no, it was uh, Michael Caine said she Mm -hmm. was the only actor he'd ever worked with that never flipped a line. Wow. That's why she was one shot Liz. Like she was a consummate professional in every way. Right. I love that. We love her. That's amazing. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not even sure. I'm really not sure I've seen many of her movies from, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, the I, I think she was just sort of a sex symbol and beauty icon. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that she was actually a talented and three-dimensional person as well. But she is super three-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm just super talented and professional. Yes. A- aside from being like a completely fall down drunk at the time. <laughs> I just heard you say, hey, Alicia, we're about to watch a lot of Elizabeth Taylor movies Ooh, in our future. That'd be great, yeah. <laughs> hey, what an episode. Yes. What a life. Yes. I, uh, Erica Kelly of Southern Fried True Crime, where can people find you and your podcast? You can find me just about anywhere. My network is Spreaker. I'm at southernfriedtruecrime.com. You'll find everything about me there. I'm on Twitter, it's South Fried Truth. Best I could do, but I kind of like it. Yeah. But really, any social media platform, you search Southern Fried True Crime and you'll find me. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much for thanks coming. Thanks for having me. Today, this you is... had a good time. This oh was... my God, I had such a good time. I love, love, love Elizabeth Taylor. So yeah, I was like, so excited to do this. Yeah, thanks we had to do it. Looking forward to this. Uh, listeners, thanks for staying patient. I hope it was worth the wait. <laughs> you would have bought me on the head. Head, I'd we done this divorce oh, yeah. without you. Like you, you I mean, had I, I to be probably here. Not, I would have been, quit being your friend. No. Yeah. Maybe that's a little extreme, but I would have been mad at you for a long time. <laughs> I don't want that. No one wants that. I don't. I I know how you write stories. I don't want that at all. I'm good. So solid. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Would you like to uh, tell our listeners anything? Do you want them to do anything? I need you to go in and first of all, if you're not already subscribed, I need you to do that immediately. And please go give them a five star review. I know it's a pain in the ass. It is. I thought you were just going to say keep it trashy, but this is better. No, No, I'm telling you, this show is amazing. These ladies actually work really freaking hard. Yeah, it's conversational, but um, they really do their research and put their heart and soul into it. And it's a quality show. And believe it or not, those ratings really really help their visibility in the charts and can propel them forward so hey keep it trashy but also support your favorite trashy divorces show that but boom boom (laughs) in scene we can't do much better than that no thank you happy mother's day and happy mother's day see you next week thanks for tuning in bye guys bye And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacey and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's sydneyvsmith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. 
check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.